So hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the MotoGP podcast Last on the Breaks live on Twitch first of all thank you very much for joining us if you indeed have and then on audio across podcast platforms I'm Fran Wild and joining me as ever as co-host is Elliot York and today's guest has been patiently waiting after a couple of little hiccups <laughs> to get the stream going but now we're ready to go uh, and it's a very timely guest isn't it Elliot we chose well uh, in advance for this one who's joining us today yeah, we certainly did, didn't we? Yeah, it's uh, Pablo Nieto. We won't make him wait too much longer because we've uh, taken a lot of his time <laughs> He's already. already. Hello, Pablo, waiting. how are you doing? <laughs> Hello. All good, all good. Don't worry. Sometimes happens that we have to wait a little bit. It does. And well, the first obvious question then, we'll go straight into it because like we say, thank you already for your patience. It was an incredible weekend for your team. Obviously, a little bit of heartbreak in Moto2 for Celestino towards the end of the race but some good pace and good positives to find from that as well. But MotoGP, you guys starting on the front row, leading the race, battling at the front. It was an incredible weekend. What was it like for you and within the team? First of all, it was like a dream, no? Because uh, some months ago, we started working on, on, on this project last year. And after seven races, we are in the front row fighting for the race, uh, both riders, uh, it was in the beginning of the race, uh, first and second, so it was uh, amazing, amazing. And that means that we are making a very good job. Uh, we are working in, in, the run, in, the, in the right way, and I'm so happy for, for the team, for the riders, for the sponsor, for everything. So we have to, to keep pushing because this is the, the beginner. I think we should start with Marco Bezecchi because I think... Be surprised, not not surprised necessarily, but he's he's um, impressed everyone this year in 2022. He's been the standout rookie in many respects. So, how good is it for him to be obviously leading the MotoGP race for as long as he did and finishing fifth? I know obviously he wanted that podium, but of course the reaction he got when he got, came back to the box and his interview after he was obviously super happy. Yeah, we have to be happy with him because also he's a fantastic person. He He's one of the, the, the riders that uh, to take care of the of him, no? Because he always is with the with the team, with the mechanic, with the ship mechanic, with with all of us, and is one of that persons that you like it. It's, it's, it's impressive how he has working with the team, and then the races that he's just making is unbelievable, no? His rookies. Uh, already he was fighting for the podium. It's true that it was a little bit difficult for fighting because in the end arrived Espargaro that uh, is incredible how he's feeling this, this year. And, and also Tarko that he, they are much more experienced than us. But amazing, amazing. We have to continue to, to work like this and this is uh, very, very long and we have to, to stay calm and continue working like this. And now I open the, the computer and it's incredible because he put it in my computer, this one. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I, saw, I saw it in the computer. I said, this is, this is Marco, you know, <laughs> he, he put it in my computer. Like when I opened the computer in, at home, I saw the picture from him. So this is, uh, it is like this. <laughs> it seems like an accurate picture for this weekend, but I think he's got now more points than all the other rookies combined. Obviously, yes. it's a bit of a difficult year to be a rookie, not only 
with the sort of level on the grid, which is incredibly high. But obviously the Ducati, one of the best bikes on the grid anyway. But it truly is impressive. And like you say, he is a person, it seemed like he's the same as in Moto3. He's just learnt more on track and is still the friendliest person who always exactly the same. But it must be super cool for him as well, being with you guys and taking that step up into MotoGP and the environment that you've built, it seems like a really great team that you've got going with Luca as well, who we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, in the end, it's really important to 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 make this kind of team for him, no? Because he's really friendly. He wants to 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 stay all the time with all the teams. Uh, I know that we are fighting for the for the rookie of the year, but uh, we have to be calm, no? Because in the end, also, it's true that we was second on the grid in Mugello, but on pole position was Dijan Antonio. So also he is a rookie. He will be one of our competitors because he are working really, really good. Uh, we don't have to, to relax because this is MotoGP. So it's quite difficult for everyone. We, we have to, to continue to work. It's true that maybe we have less experience than other teams because uh, we are also rookies, like a team. So we have to improve in ourselves. But uh, it's really, really important that uh, we continue to work in like this and also with, with Luca, no? because the, the most important thing, they, they have a very good relationship between each other. And, and this one is really good because in the end, we, we growing up together. Just before we move on to Luca, we've had a question in the chat um, from Haki789. He says, hey, Pablo, do you feel after Magello that the podium is possible this year? We were, you were obviously so close in Magello, but now you've got a little bit of a taste for it. Obviously, the double front row as well. How possible do you think <laughs> maybe even Catalonia next time out and the other race, of course, how possible is a podium this year? Uh, I wish, no, because this is our dream to, <laughs> to, to make a podium with our team in MotoGP. But... It's not so far away. I mean, we have to, to continue working. If we did in Mugello fighting for the podium, I think we can do it again. We have a very good bike. I think it's one of the one for me is the, the best bike now we, that we are in the grid. So it's really, really important that uh, our relation with, with Ducati continue like this. Uh, we know that it's quite difficult because it's eight Ducatis in, on the grid and Peko uh, is in, on fire. Uh, Miller, we know that he can make amazing races. So fighting for the podium is going to be difficult, but why not? Uh, I think this is our goal to, to, to make a podium this year. We like that, some fighting talk. Uh, but yes, yeah, <laughs> so talking about Luca as well, um, obviously he seems to, in Moto2, it seemed to really click for him. And then after that huge crash in France, obviously it was a little bit more difficult. But in MotoGP now, we've really seen him build up in the same way that he did in Moto2 from the European Championship and then in the World Championship. He seems to put everything together step by step by step. We've seen a front row before. We saw it again and he was fighting it out at the front along with Bears. In the end, you were fifth and sixth, were you? They were right close together at the end. How is he feeling now in MotoGP? Do you think his method is starting to pay off with the way that he does this? Because he also really doesn't crash much and hurt himself. He finds the limit, he resets, he finds a new limit. He seems to be very good at that. Yeah, I think Luca 
is one of the riders that uh, you like to work with him because he's a uh, incredible worker. Is one of the the riders that he make like you say step by step, but all the step that there he's making is a small step, but consistent. So that's really really important. So now he he start feeling that uh, of course he can do it. He's really fast because already this is the, our second road in the in the championship in 2022. So all the steps that we are making is in the right in the right way. So we are happy with him. He's working incredible. Start working nine o'clock in the morning and finish nine o'clock in the afternoon with the, all the guys in the telemetry, computer, uh, crew chief, uh, him all of the team. So. I'm quite happy how she's working. Sometimes I have to say to him, Luca, relax, go to the, your <laughs> VIP rooms, uh, play a little bit with the PlayStation or whatever, because sometimes it's not so so good that uh, you see four hours the data and, and try to, to fix everything. But uh, all the steps that he's making is in the right way. And I think we will arrive also with him because I think is one of the most fast riders in in the grid because we saw it always in one lap he already making two front rows. Uh, also, we saw it in the in the ranch in with, when we are with the academy in the ranch. He's the fastest one. It's incredible. <laughs> he always won all the races that we are making with the with the ranch, and it's amazing how how he's uh, driving and his style. I think he said in the last couple of races, you've, you guys have found something with the bike. Um, was it from the, I think at the Heref test, you felt you guys found something? What was what was the missing ingredient or ingredients that you guys have found with Luca to help him make the, the step? Uh, the, the problem that we have with him is one of the tallest one in the, in the grid, no? So the position in the bike is really, really important for him. And we was working on that, the position on, on the bike. Uh, normally he's little bit more high than the other ones. So we tried to, to find a solution to go a little bit more down, more inside of the bike. And he likes a lot. So it's incredible because small things change the position, change the, the weight where you put it on the bike and makes a big difference. Maybe sometimes more than the setup of the bikes, you know, because uh, when you are so tall and you have to all this movement of the weight in the bike, uh, this one makes the difference. And with him, we found the solution to to put it the way a little bit more down of the bike and more inside, let's say, from from the bike. So like a lower center of gravity almost for, for yes. man and machine in combination. It's, it's exactly. always interesting, this. I remember other riders saying like, sometimes obviously teammates end up with very similar setup and that can be helpful in its own way and then sometimes i can't remember who it was it might have been might have been rossi lorenzo at yamaha switching settings they like can't ride each other because yeah. it's like completely different uh, it's really interesting yeah. but for you guys as well like you say the team is a rookie team although you have a very yeah. veteran boss behind you obviously one of the most mm -hmm. successful riders of all time uh, but how how is that experience for you guys as well? Because it is a completely new adventure going from Moto2 where you've been really competitive for quite a while now. The Premier Class, is it? An, how, how different is it? Is it just everything more or is there anything extra to the challenge as well? <laughs> uh, this is MotoGP. This is the, <laughs> the, the Champions League, let's say. 
É... <risos> <risos> Now, in the end, it's more or less the same like Moto2, but you have to be plus 10, <laughs> let's say, no? because uh, much more engineers, uh, the manufacturers always come to you. Uh, you have a lot of things to try, electronic systems, electronic uh, throttle, wherever, a lot of things. no? But uh, our mind was to try to work in the same way that we make in Moto2, because we make a very good job in Moto2, and I think it's correct to, to continue like this. no? Uh, it's really important to have our ADN uh, to bring into to MotoGP, and in then the ADN of the team is the ADN of Valentino, no? Uh, that uh, he always wanted that we we are working like this. It's quite difficult to work with uh, a lot of uh, people from from Ducati and new team and new mechanics from 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 our team. But anyway, I think we are making a very good job, and I think we have to continue like this. It's really, really important to make a step-by-step, -step. a smaller step, but always in the, in the right way. We've mentioned Valentino, Pablo. He was obviously there in Magella this weekend, and I saw Luca's comments, I think it was after the race or during the weekend. Anyway, he said his um, knowledge and comments are just incredible because obviously he rode the bikes last year. I think the biggest point Luca made was he knows the tyres. Obviously, you guys have got rider yes. coaches who are very good at the jobs, but they don't know these bikes like the back of the hen like Valentino does. So how how good is it to have Valentino in the box when he is helping both Luca and Marco? It's incredible. It's one of the things that uh, we have that other teams don't have it. So this is really <laughs> important. When he comes to the races, uh, we bring into the garage, to the box, and we work together so and and i'm very happy because valentino wanted to be over there no he liked it he don't want to come yeah. to the tracks to yeah. go around to to see the people he wanted to come to help the team to help his brother to help marco and sometimes also he's going to to, to moto 2 so all the experience that he has when when he start uh, talking and when we start to make some meetings is incredible no because you can see how the experience is important in in this world and how much experience he has no and we are so happy and we needed that he come a little bit more no but we understand <laughs> that he's with the race car and it's quite difficult for him but uh, anyway all the time that when he's coming is a is a pleasure for us we saw again the classic valentino effect with your garage as soon as he arrived on saturday it was like <laughs> the Vatican at the start of a service <laughs> straight away. Um, it seems like it's, it must be really useful and great, but also quite a strange balance because he wants to see his team and get involved in the motorcycle racing. But then everyone else wants him to stand outside and sign autographs for 12 hours. <laughs> so getting that yes. balance of like, no, I'm, I'm here to I'm here to work. <laughs> but um, you, yeah. you mentioned Moto2 as well, though, and it's been an up and down season so far for Chile in some ways, but obviously still leading the championship with more wins than Agora, if no longer more points, and a heartbreaker on Sunday. But you've now got some incredible riders, both within the VR46 Mooney collaboration in Moto2 and in MotoGP. Then obviously Peko from the academy as well, doing an incredible job in MotoGP. There's so much talent. Where where are you going with it all? You've also got the VR46 Master <laughs> Camp team that under the Valentino <laughs> umbrella as well. 
there's there's too yes. many amazing riders what what's the plan and how is it how's it gonna <laughs> sorry so, so many things so many things <laughs> no but but uh we are so happy with all the projects that we have no because also like you say no in the master camp we make this this project with with yamaha because that project born in the spanish championship to 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 try to bring uh, asian riders to the to the spanish championship and and we have the opportunity to to jump to the world champion so it's it's really important for us to 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 make this project because in the end we can we can find a very good solution for yamaha and, and also for 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 asian riders uh, and now in this moment also we have um, uh, manu gonzalez that is the spanish rider one of the talents guys talents riders that uh, uh, i think we can put it in in the in the team and then we have also the the, the muni vr46 uh, team in moto2 with celestino and with uh, uh, antonelli it's true that uh, with uh, Celestino we are making a very good season, but you cannot relax. Uh, in the last race we were so fast, we were fighting for the for the second place in, on the race. We had a technical problem with the bike; it was uh, a little bit a disaster for us, let's say. But but anyway, we have to focus on on the next race. Uh, also in Le Mans, he started really really back in, on the grid, and one of the laps he make a mistake and he pass i think in, in the street 24 or something like that and he he jumped until the 10 top 10 in the in the end of the of the race so he make a very very good race and i think we have to to continue like this with him is 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 going to be a hard championship but always is hard no i think canet is really really fast and ogura also is really really fast now is coming also pedro acosta so we we cannot relax. We cannot relax because uh, it's going to be a tough and exciting championship. I think. As we know, Pablo, um, silly season is rife at the minute in the paddock with a lot of talk about who's going where. With Celestino doing so well in Moto Two, he'll obviously be looking to try and get a Moto GP ride. But it doesn't look like there's much room for a lot of movement in terms of Moto2 riders coming up. So where do you, where do Marco and Luca stand and also Celestino stand in the silly season games, let's say? Uh, I think for, for our riders in, in MotoGP, I hope that uh, they will continue with us. No, I think we are making a very good team. Um, it's important that the riders have uh, their own team. No, For example, uh, with Marco, we make a fantastic team with uh, Matteo, with Flamini, that he's making a very amazing, amazing job because we have to, to understand that he, he was electronic last year and now he jumped for, for make a crew chief and they are making the team. So this is one of the most important things for the riders. No? And I, I think it's not good that the riders change every year and, and go to another place because in the end, you change his philosophy and it's not good for the rider, for the result, for nothing. And minimum, minimum have to be two, three years with all his staff. And we are making this amazing job for him. And I, th I think that he's quite happy. And if he's happy, I think he will stay with us. I know that he's going to be one of the riders that uh, all the manufacturers wanted, no? because he, he starts <laughs> to be a really fast rider and, and this is this is important. I like it that if some when when it happened, I don't know, but I like it that maybe one manufacturer come to us and call 
call us that, hey, listen, I want Marco for, for next year. <laughs> but at the moment, I think that he was, he have to continue with us. And in the same, in the same way with uh, Luca Marini, you know, uh, Luca have uh, David that he's, uh, he has a little bit more experience like chief mechanic because he made uh, two years with, with Valentino. So it's important that all this team growing up together and the results have to arrive uh, for me in the next year. No, I think all the results that we are making this year is because nobody more than us wanted to make it better. So, and we have more passion than the other ones. That's why we are making a fantastic job. And we have to continue like this and the riders know it. And I know that, and I hope that the riders we will continue with us. And with Celestino, it's, uh, it's difficult to say because if we are fighting for the championship and in the end we are world champion, of course, he has to, to, to try to jump to, to MotoGP, you know? but at the moment we have to continue race by race. And then I think in the next couple of races, we, we have to start talking for the future. But at the moment, we didn't talk about the future for, for Celestino. Cool. Okay. Well, I think certainly personally for me, that's really refreshing to hear because everyone, especially like we mentioned him very briefly a few minutes ago, Pedro Acosta obviously just broke the record for the intermediate class winner, took it from Mark. But it seems like a lot of times, not so much in the paddock, but in the press and people following and fans, there's always a rush. Like as soon as you do a good thing, it's like now, now you're the next Valentino Rossi and you have to immediately do this, <laughs> immediately do this. It's, it's quite nice that it's like, well, no, we're all in this together and we're learning together and we're going to get the maximum out of it. And especially with the younger riders and the rookies so that they know that they have that time. Uh, that seems like, I don't know, it's not really a question. It's just, that sounds great. <laughs> I, 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 th I think that... Uh... It's really important that all these young riders arrive, no? Because uh, when we miss now Valentino, uh, we miss uh, something really, really big. And I think we cannot replace Valentino. Valentino is just one. And this is one of the beautiful things from Valentino, no? I, I don't want it to, 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 to replace him. I don't want it that... Uh, come someone to say this is the replace from Valentino. Valentino is Valentino and no one is going to be like him. This is my, my personal opinion, no? because uh, I, I, lo <clears throat> I love it how he, he was in, in MotoGP, how he worked for, for, for this championship when he was racing in 125, in 250, in 500, then MotoGP. I think Valentino is Valentino and no one can replace him. Yeah, it's definitely true, isn't it? But it's also great to see, like, Luca is very model-esque, super elegant. And then Bez, though, seems to have a really good home to be able to show that character a bit more. We get so often the new riders, so it's like they sit down, it's like, okay, this is what I need to say to the media when they ask me this question. Marco <laughs> already seems quite relaxed and, like, he's truly himself. And he knows how to, you know, obviously give the right answers and not cause any trouble, but seems to have really great character as well and has his own sense of self. Yeah, Luca, listen, Luca have to have everything under control. He wants <laughs> to have everything under control. He wants to, to, to be uh, one of the perfect guys on the paddock. 
it's, it's, imp it's incredible because now the riders uh, come like a, um, let's say like a, a strange person because they have to make a lot of events. It's not just a rider. They have to make a pre-event, uh, journalists, interviews, uh, a lot of things. And, and <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> Everyone's, <laughs> Everyone's have to, because now the, the, the world of the MotoGP chains is, is not just the race. It's all around the races, no? So this is very important and the, the riders have to understand that uh, this world changes a lot in that way because it's really important that we make uh, interviews, we make something with uh, social media, with a lot of things because it's quite important that we arrive to the young people that now we are missing a little bit in that way, I think. We get let you go, Pablo. I know we've taken quite a lot of your time already. We've had another question in the chat, and it's about the top speed. Obviously, we saw the top speed record broken at Mugello by Jorge Martin. What are your thoughts on that? Obviously, the bikes are more than quick. It's a bit ridiculous, really. So, what are your thoughts on the top speed record being broken once again? <laughs> no, it's impressive. No, it's impressive that uh, the the top speed of MotoGP is. I don't remember very good, but I was, it was 350, something like that. No, 355 or something like that. I think like now that. it's like 368. 363. Three, three, okay, three, sorry, six, I went a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Maybe next year it's that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing, no? In, in then, I think the, the, the top speed of the bike is, is not so so important let's say no because the most important thing how they are improving the bikes with the tires with the brakes with the electronic things so it's true that we are arrived to the end of the street 360 but every year we are breaking a little bit more late <laughs> so this is the <laughs> most impressive things no you start breaking a little bit more late open the gas a little bit more early and that's why the lap time coming a little bit more down no so the top speed is true that it's amazing because in the end uh, you put some flats and maybe you can start flying, but uh, <laughs> it's amazing how they are working, all the manufacturer for for this MotoGP class is incredible. Yeah, it does seem to be just a golden age and again, an even tougher challenge for the rookies and the newer guys on the grid like Luca. Um, but, okay, so... We had another question from the chat, but it's basically about Pedro and Mark, but we've covered that. So we will let you go now after okay. we also asked you for five minutes <laughs> extra at the start of the show while we had those issues. Don't, don't worry. Thanks don't so worry. much for joining us and best of luck in Catalonia. We're very excited to see again what Luca and Marco can do. And it's great to see all of you guys, like you said, rookie team as well, new presence on the grid doing so well and up at the front already. So thanks very much, Pablo, and uh, see you in Barcelona. It's a pleasure, Thank you, Pablo. So Appreciate it. Barcelona. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ciao. So thank you very much to pablo as we said um we said a couple of times yeah we we kept him waiting longer than the normal countdown and it's already <laughs> been half an hour now so we thought we'll let him go um but we so we got a couple of questions in the chat as well uh, that weren't specifically for pablo so if dear viewers mm. and listeners you will allow us to uh, wade in 
the Pedro Acosta Mark Marquez thing. So it was 18 years, 87 days, 84 days, I want to see that Mark was. And now Pedro, yeah, it was his birthday last week. So he's just over 18 and won that intermediate class race. Age limits are changing, of course. In the future, you'll need to be 18 to join Moto3. That, I don't know, is probably going to make Pedro the record holder forever, isn't it? Like it did Scott Redding with the uh, age limit change in the lightweight class almost. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not going to, if he's um, won the title at, what was it, 17 years old? Yeah, he's going to stay the youngest forever. So that's a good accolade to have and also in Moto2. So yeah, Pedro Costa, the record breaker, we're going to get used to saying that, aren't we? So... Yeah, it was a fantastic race for Pedro. I mean, I think that's him now. He's worked it out, hasn't he? He had a shaky start. I think a lot of expectations To were be fair, in testing, he had a great start. Oh, in testing. I was in Portimao for the test and it was like, okay, this is, uh, <laughs> he means business here because obviously Portimao is quite a, a tricky track, especially on a new bike. So yeah, when he um, when he was fastest there, it was, okay, yeah. You could understand why all the hype was he's going to be the world champion. Um, and he still could, to be fair. There's a long way to go, and he's finally uh, he's finally cracked it. He's not had a bad season. I think everyone just expected a lot more of him, didn't they? But yeah, I think yeah, that William Mugello now, he's going to properly kick on. I did ask him in the, uh, I was going to say pre-event, though, post-Moto 3, Moto 2, I'll get there. The post-Moto 2 <laughs> race press conference. Asked him sort of like, what's it like being Pedro Acosta in the middle of this? Because he also made quite a point of it. I'm not sure if he did to uh, Simon Crayfire and Park Ferme, but certainly on zone that we were listening into. Um, he was saying like last week, everyone says I should leave Grand Prix racing and go home or move to World Superbike. And this week I'm basically like Jesus on a motorcycle uh, <laughs> kind of vibe. Um, so it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? But he seems very, very switched on to the fact that everything that anyone writes or says about him makes absolutely no difference whatsoever to your reality when you get on the bike, which I think is uh quite nice and obviously seems to be very backed up by his team and Akiyo as well yeah absolutely 100% agree he's, he's a he's a good character interviewed him a few times and yeah he's I think um yeah he's there you can tell he's special um because he's not shy like he, he knows what he's talking about he's not um yeah, he's, he's just, he's good good in the interviews normally when he's had a good day anyway. Even when he's had a bad day, I interviewed him after his crash in Le Mans. And he was like, he obviously cared that he crashed out of the leads. But he was like, yeah, I've I've led the race. I was pushing my teammate Augusto. Um, I did crash, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And obviously he's back up with Victory Magello. So yeah, watch out for Pedro Acosta this year for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the next question we had was, what do you think about Marquez's injury and if we'll see him back racing? In terms of his mm. injury, I don't think either of us have any qualifications to give any thoughts on that whatsoever. But based on what he said in the press conference that he and Alberto Putsch did on Saturday, um, it seems basically like I'm not riding how I want right now. Before, it wasn't healed enough to try and do anything about that. But now it's literally like the world's best expert possible has looked at it and gone, yeah, we can fix that. Come here. And now he's going to go and do it. So I think 
again a lot of people for me anyway solely a personal opinion seeing so many people like oh mark should just retire now like it's been a long road of injury it's like well that's why he's an eight-time world champion because when it gets a little bit tough or a real lot tough he's not just gonna i'm gonna throw in the towel um so yeah i don't know i think be very interesting to see what happens and obviously we wish him the best of success with that surgery but it sounds like the idea is that it should fix it so it's potentially also quite exciting yeah i mean the fact he said this is sort of his last chance to prove his physical condition it's like it's now or never so yeah all we can do is wish him the best i mean it's a shame to lose him again but if he's not 100%, which he clearly isn't, and we've known that since he came back, really. I know he's had a few wins, um, a couple of podiums, but, yeah, he's clearly not right, and he's not enjoying the riding. And he said his main goal after the surgery is to come back and just enjoy riding to start with, and then the results will hopefully come after that. So, yeah, not not much more to add. Just wish him well, and hopefully in 2023, he's back to his best and fighting for the title, hopefully not dominating for the spectacle, um, but definitely fighting for the title. And what a story it'd be if he came back and won the title after all this. It'd just be um, incredible. So, yeah, just wish him well. Yeah, it certainly would be, wouldn't it? It'd be great to see him back out full strength, especially for him as well. So let's do a very quick rundown then of the rest of Magello Highlights, Pecco's win, incredible ride. Everyone wanted to make the biggest story of the season out of the fact that he, quote unquote, crumbled under the pressure of Bastianini <laughs> in Le Mans. Then a week later, later it's Bastianini who unfortunately crashed out and Pekka who won in style. I'm going to say it. Maybe everything isn't part of some grand narrative. And sometimes people make a one off mistake for in both of their cases. <laughs> um, so I think we'll see now but it's only i think 41 points that peco trails Quattararo yeah. in the championship which is by no means the biggest margin we've ever seen overcome but speaking of fabio he said it was the best race of his career he does say that every time he wins which <laughs> i say that with a lot of love because it's great that he's always so pumped but what a ride that was the inline four resistance Unreal. at the front yeah, unreal. I think the fact that in um, on Friday and Saturday he was struggling and just not getting on with the bike. I think he said in his post-race interview that before the race he said P6, P5 is going to be a great result for us here. And for him to finish, what, 0.6 seconds from Peko for victory, fighting all them Ducatis and obviously keeping Aleish behind him as well, just pff, unreal. He's, um, yeah, he's riding better than he ever has for me and... Firm favourite for the title at the minute because I think we all feared for him at Magello, didn't we? I didn't, didn't think the top speed was actually that much. It was obviously worse, but it didn't have that much of an effect on the race, I don't think. Um, he obviously got drafted a lot by the Ducatis, but it wasn't horrendous, let's say. Um, so, yeah, nothing more to say about Fabio Rida other than he's, he's riding absolutely sensational. Um and if he carries on the way he is, which who's to say he won't do? I mean, Catalonia's up next, and if it weren't for his leathers unzipping last year, um, he probably would have won. So, yeah, I mean, he's just riding exceptional. He's he is. He certainly probably is. riding and... better than he was last year when he won the title, just because of the package he's got. It's just not. You can see where the Yamahas are finishing. It's not. Um, they've not taken the leap that all the other manufacturers have. So, yeah, Fabio just running unbelievable. 
He really is. And he did win our poll that we put in the Twitch chat as well uh, for the rider of the day. He got 70% to 20% for Peko. So Peko, incredible performance and took that win. But uh, yeah, that is interesting, actually, because uh, both pretty popular. I don't think we'll have uh, too much of a... Well, I don't know. Maybe there's a civil war going on out there that we're not aware of. But, you know, it's not like we asked uh, 93 or 46, is it? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's an interesting one. That was a great uh, poll result then. And 10% of you voted for Bezeki as well, which is well-deserved, I think. I thought we'd so, get a little bit more than yes. that. Marco, but... Yeah, he, he was impressive, hey? But um, So we have another question from, I don't know how you want us to pronounce that. Imagine eight Imaginator is how I'd say it, yeah. Oh, there you go. You see, you've got the youth speak. Can you've immediately seen what it's trying <laughs> to say? I, I went for French style. <laughs> um, so <laughs> any thoughts on Alicia's consistent results and Aprilia um adding obviously that satellite team next year? Well, Alicia, yeah. the stat attack is there's only he, Mark Marquez, and Andrea Davizioso. So we'll have to see what happens with Marquez. But on Sunday, it was only those three on the grid who've ever taken four or more MotoGP podiums in a row now. He completed that. There won't be Marquez on the grid this weekend. It's a pretty impressive run, isn't it, from Aleish and Aprilia? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do we think? It's it's just an incredible run, isn't it? And you put a great quote as well in our little notes for the uh, episode. <laughs> Yeah, I did. He was talking about, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about how difficult it's been to overtake with um, the aerodynamics and everything else. And he, I'll read it from my phone. He said, forget technology and aerodynamics. Everyone breaks late. Everyone is very fast and nobody's making mistakes. So that's the reason why it's difficult to overtake. And it's hard to argue with him. I mean, obviously, the aerodynamics is having some sort of effect, but everyone's on the limit. Fabio says he's on the limit every single lap. Um, so if you're overtaking Fabio on the brakes, we know how good he is. You're obviously doing something right. So, yeah, Alation and Aprilia just going from strength to strength and what a weekend for them. Obviously, Alation and Maverick getting their two-year contract sorted. And then on the Saturday, was it, that they announced RNF um, were joining them for two years with an option to add another two years on for a satellite team or independent team, we call them now. So... Yeah, and their first podium, of course, in the Premier Class at Mugello, their home race. So, sensational year for Aprilia, and especially Alace, of course. Maverick's still struggling with the soft tyre in qualifying and that one lap pace in the start of the race. So, once Maverick sorts that out, he'll be up there as well. Um, but Alace, 100% a title contender, he was saying after the race that he's obviously Catalan. He grew up a stone's throw away in um, Granola's, didn't he? Him and Paul. So, um yeah, he's looking forward to Catalonia more than ever because he's fighting for the MotoGP world title. So, And he said Catalonia should suit our bike down to a T. So there's no reason why it can't make it five podiums um, in a row this weekend. So yeah, Leish, unbelievable. Who'd have thought after the first eight races, he'd be, what, eight points off Fabio in the World Championship and second ahead of the likes of Francesco Bagnaia, for example, who was heavily tipped as a preseason favourite, rightly so. So, yeah, I think if anyone had any doubts in the last couple of races about Aleish, whether they drop off or not, I think he's just confirming yet again that he's here to stay and he's a title contender for the rest of the season. 
I think so. We have another question, which is we saw Simon Crafar testing Alicia's bike at Magello, mm -hmm. new R and F rider for twenty twenty three. We did, and if you've not seen that, go and check it out. <laughs> I think it was the tech talk feature, wasn't it, that it Simon was, did yeah. that? He got to uh, ride that and very much enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, go and check out his thoughts on that bike. Obviously, I'm sure he'd absolutely love it. Uh, and hopefully <laughs> the next time we do get him as a guest on the podcast, we'll be able to ask him. But uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe not the first choice at the moment. But there's plenty of interesting names going around for uh, those seats. And I'm sure it'll create another interesting shuffle as well on the grid. But I think we've done 48 minutes plus our small technical glitch at the start. I think we'll we'll call it a day there. <laughs> First of all, though, or last of all, Elliot, who was your standout rider from Magello? Oh, great question. I think I'll go. I'll go Marco Bezzecchi because um, obviously qualifying on the front row. Well, I know Fabio Di Antonio was on pole, which was sensational, but didn't quite put it all together in the race. Finished eleventh, didn't he? Still a great race for Fabio being a rookie, but yeah, Bezzecchi leading the race like he did, just missing out on the podium. Um, in the final couple of laps to Aleish and Jan Zarko. Um, so yeah, I'll go Marco Bezzecchi because he's been awesome this year. He's definitely the standout rookie, isn't he? So yeah, I'll say Marco Bezzecchi. How about you? Good answer. I'd also say just shout out to the guys who were on the front row who, okay, Marini had been there once before. The other two were rookie rookies, but they nailed the start. Like it's so yeah, easy in that situation. They absolutely nailed it. I was like, yes. Um, so yeah, really good stuff from them. And it was the first time since was it Qatar 2008 that we'd had a rookie one too as well. And yeah, shout out to Digit, great qualifying, really impressive, and a really great race as well to get some good points. Just obviously the yeah. VR46 guys dicing at the front for so long stole a little bit of that uh, of that limelight. But yeah, I will say then I'll go Fabio. Um, sorry, yeah, Paco. that was my second choice. Um, yeah, I just say it because um, yeah, obviously at the moment. The, the gap between Quattararo and the next Yamaha is really, really quite substantial at the moment. So speaks to how incredible a job he's doing. But then for me as well, Banyaya, I really love when you get stories like that where everyone's like, oh, he's cracked under the pressure of Bastianini and then just comes out and he's like, yeah, hello. Uh, it just takes the smoothest, loveliest win. It was an interesting race as well, wasn't it? Watching him pick them way through where... Uh, that kind of upside down grid in some ways in the early parts of the race. So yeah, maybe I'll go for both Paco and Fabio. So yeah, <laughs> thanks very much everyone for joining us this week. If you have any questions, comments, queries, feedback, anything at all, let us know uh, using the hashtag MotoGP podcast across social media. Joining us on the Twitch chat next time, feel free to come live and uh, watch the stream. Or if you're an audio podcast person, sometimes admittedly like me then yeah let us know once you've listened to the show thanks for joining us and uh yeah we'll see you after barcelona <laughs>